Welcome to the LDS Divorce Coach Podcast. I take the sting out of divorce. This is your host, Emily Sanchez. Hey, y'all. How are you doing? How are you out there? Thank you so much for listening. I'm so happy that you're here with me. If you're just joining me, welcome. And I usually don't sound like this. I (laughs) I have lost my voice. I do not know why, people. I am not even sick. So I hope that you can bear with me. I just didn't want to let this topic go by because of the excuse of not having a more clear voice to deal with. So hopefully you find it sultry and alluring and nice to listen to. But I don't find it that way. So, But you'll find this topic interesting. I really know it. Top 10 Worst divorce advice. We, we can learn a lot by things that don't work, right? So that we don't repeat it. So we don't do it. And it's interesting because right as you're at the precipice of divorce, I would say, and right afterwards, you're just going to find that people will say and do weird stuff, okay? That's how I'm wording it. You're going to get weird advice. You're going to, you know, people are going to act awkward sometimes. People take sides. It's all a part of it. And, you know, one thing I tell my clients is I just tell them to have fun with it. Realize it's going to happen. Don't take everything so seriously. People are going to be people. People have faults and you're going to see them. And some people (laughs) will shock you. But you're just going to laugh it off because people will be people. And people love to give their two cents, don't they? And I say taking advice from family and friends is no better than taking medical advice from them, right? You're not listening to the doctors on some of these (laughs) pieces of advice people give us. But another thing, I want you to really think about where you are taking heed. What are you listening to? What content are you including in your life? You know, at the beginning of the year here, let's be super, super aware of what we are putting into our system. Are we, there's so much out there, there's support groups live and you know, on social media, there's our church groups, there's our family, our friends, and there's podcasts like this one. There's blogs. I mean, there's so many people and a lot of people are hurt and vengeful and angry and that's okay. But some of the stuff out there, some of the content is just not good. It is not going to help us grow. It's not going to help us get to a place that we want to move away from to the place that we want to be. So I just urge you, think about what you're internalizing. Think about what you're listening to. Think of the friends or people that you think are friends that aren't. And really take caution and make some changes there to be in complete realization of what you want to drink up in terms of content. Okay, so with that said, let's dive right in. Now, if you listen to my podcast interview with Kevin Jensen, he's one of the top 
uh, family law attorneys in Arizona, and he gave me a lot of good advice. And so this number one is on that interview, that podcast, the number one bad advice that I hear a lot is save money by not using a lawyer. All right, people, here I go. (laughs) You have no idea how the divorce process works. It could blow up into a huge legal battle. You just don't know. You know, the whole family friend who's the attorney, um, but not the family law attorney. Maybe he's a different type of lawyer, immigration or personal injury. And just because he's the family friend, you're going to use him. No, that's a bad idea too. I'm telling you, this is wise money invested in a wise purpose. And a lot of times you feel like, ah, it's so much. My spouse, my ex is telling me he would never, ever change. He would never, you know, change his mind about this and or that. Or he rest assures that we are amicable and that it's going to work out if we do it ourselves. Here's the deal. We just don't know the future. And you just want to protect yourself at all angles. And again, you do not know the law. And also, you are really emotional right now. And so, just be careful out there, you guys. Uh, That's the biggest advice I could give you, is to get an attorney. Now, there is a couple of instances, okay, very few and far between, when I would say it's okay not to have one. And I call it the two no's. No kids and no assets. Okay, so if you meet that prerequisite. So that's number one. Number two, stay married for the kids. Or at least until they've moved out. Okay, do we really want our kids to see and be a part of how the relationship looks right now? It's basically saying to them and teaching them to settle for an unhappy relationship. Of course we want this happy nuclear type family that it, as the best option, of course, to raise kids. But guess what? You don't have that unfortunately, or you wouldn't be contemplating getting a divorce. So just staying in that bad relationship for the kids teaches the kids that being in a bad relationship is okay. And we don't want to teach them that. Also, if you're thinking, okay, I'm going to wait until they move out of the house, it makes your kids feel super guilty. They would think, well, I guess they had to stay together while we were there. So again, of course, you want your kids to have a mom and dad who are together, but when that is just not possible, it's not working, it is toxic, it is super, super unhappy, it's a negative thing for them to be a part of, and hopefully you can maneuver divorce in the least destructive way, you can be amicable, and you can show them that reconciliation can occur outside of the marriage and that you can be together as much as you can as co-parents, united in the purpose of raising your kids. Okay, number three bad advice. Take money out of the bank accounts quick if you feel like, you know, you're ready for a divorce or stash some on the side that your spouse doesn't know about. Oh, buddy, here's the problem, and I have to admit it. I mean, I have thought of telling my clients this. I 
It's kind of your first knee-jerk reaction, right? But be very, very careful. Taking money from a joint bank account without your spouse's knowledge or consent makes you look like the bad guy. Now, this is from Karen Covey. She's a divorce coach out of Chicago. And she says, it doesn't matter that the only reason you did it was to protect yourself from your spouse doing the exact same thing. Two wrongs don't make a right. Before you unilaterally take large sums of money from your bank account, either check with your lawyer or get your spouse to agree to the withdrawal in writing. And then the other thing is, you know, if you're taking kind of having a stash on the side where you feel like, hey, this is my own money. It's okay that they do not know. Be careful of that too because everything's community property. And if they find out about it, I mean, basically it is fraud. Um, And if they find out about it, that can be completely used against you in court. So please, please don't do either of those Okay, all right. Number four, if your spouse won't move out of the house, change the locks. Holy Toledo, I've heard this. (laughs) Sorry, my voice is really trying to leave me. But this one, I've heard this a lot. And you have to be careful again. Your home is community property. It's jointly owned, even if it's in one person's name. If you are married, it is marital property or community property. So your spouse has just as much a right to be there as you do. Now, if you're worried about your safety, again, you can get protection orders. You can go to your lawyer about those things or even the police. But um, please do not do this without the motion of a judge or the police or those type of avenues that you've taken first. Okay, now, those kind of the top four of the worst advice is kind of when you're standing at the beginning of the divorce and, and they kind of go along with divorce processes. The next set I have is kind of right following, right after your divorce How do you move on from that? Some of the worst advice I've heard. So this one seriously makes me cringe, but I am going to say it. So I have heard this. The best way to get over someone is to get under someone else. Really? That's just gross, right? But I've heard it many, many times. And to me, that is just the worst thing anybody could do. It just will trample on your self-esteem. It will make you feel even more empty. (laughs) See, the thing is, I don't want to sound like I'm trying to be a saint, and I do think new relationships can take our minds off of stressful problems and, and situations in life, but I think people need time. They really need time before they jump into a new relationship. Um, And I know it's different for everybody with the whole time frame, but if you, divorce can be a traumatic experience. And becoming involved with someone else while your emotions are still wrapped up in uh, the old relationship is just never a good idea. We want to take care of ourselves first and foremost. Feel like you're in a good place to start over before you want to jump in with someone else. Sorry about the wording on that. Eh. That's just what I hear. All right, so number six. Don't ever get married again 
or at least till the kids are 18. Wow, you know, it's interesting that I have heard this advice from kind of the, at least in the United States, the foremost person that you go to for advice, Dr. Laura. Do you guys remember listening to her growing up? Those of you who are, are old like me, she'd be on the radio kind of late at night and people would call in. And that was one of her advice that she would say, sorry, you know, you made the decision to get married and have children. If you have children, you are responsible to them foremost and that you should never get involved in another relationship. Um, and I guess she did make exception for maybe if they were 18 and out of the house. And So, look, I understand that we have responsibilities, and I think that the welfare of our children should be top, top, top. But what about your welfare? I think we've got to put ourselves first and realize that this is not some death sentence that we can and should hope for a, a time when we are good enough and in a state like I talked about just before, where we feel like we can give in a relationship, that we can look at it as something that can be exciting, something that can work, and that we can believe in marriage. And we, we know in my religion, marriage is ordained of God, that we can look at it with fresh hope and we don't have to look at it at uh, something that's failed in our lives, but we can give it another go. And that we can have true hope in that, that there can be happiness in marriage. Because I'm here to tell you, and so many people can also attest, there is a happiness in marriage. And, and I don't know any different, but I think it's so amazing to have experienced one that, you know, didn't didn't work out the way we wanted it to at the time, but now I'm so glad, so, so, so glad that it didn't work out. And I know the same It can be said by my ex-husband. His, oh, his wife that he's married to now is just such a better fit for him. And who I'm married to now is such a better fit for me. And it's so great to see the success in it. And it is just a happy, wonderful thing. And I don't think I'd appreciate my marriage now nearly as much had I not gone through that experience. So, gosh, there's so much to say for the hope that there is in a good marriage. I'm here to tell you, okay? So please, don't lose hope. Okay, number seven. You aren't going to be a great catch with all that baggage. So why even date? You know, this is sad, you guys, but I felt this a lot. And it wasn't flat out said to me, but in some ways and through some people, sadly, even close to me, they would say, you know, I had just one daughter and she was really little. She was only a year. And then when I started dating, like a year and a half, two, three. So she was just this little old thing. And I remember feeling, wow, you know, maybe I won't get the type of person or the caliber of person that I want. Or maybe I'll have to settle for someone who has kids so they would understand or or whatever. I think all of that is just crap, okay? I'll tell you that right now. I don't care if you have one child or six. I have seen the most awesome people find each other 
who have kids on both sides or one of them has tons and this amazing you know woman or man I've seen it on both sides steps up and says guess what I love your kids they're not baggage to me they're blessings I love their personalities they make you who you are I love everything about you along with the so-called baggage that you have so I think that's just fooey people Somebody is out there, if they are, you know, like, again, if you believe this, that you're not going to be a great catch, then you won't be. Then you won't find it. Truly, if you're focusing on the bad here in the situation, then your input will be your output. So be very, very careful. But if you can see what you are worth, then I can tell you, you are worth so much. I know this because you're a human being. And the chances of you living right here, right now, and that you're not a tree, I mean, there's trillions and trillions to one that you are who you are. And it's for a reason. So I'm just telling you, you are a great catch. Set your sights high. Set your sights high. Okay? All right, number eight. <laughs> I'm just noticing that most of these... Well, all of them pretty much are dealing with dating. But it's a big thing after our divorce. Okay, number eight. Wait a year after your divorce before dating. I've heard that a lot too. Okay, so one of the bad advices is to get, you know, with someone immediately. You know, the other one is to, to wait this certain amount of time. There's amount of time and you need to be grieving and, and uh, you need to get over it completely before you date. Now... I gave a podcast about um, communication and dating. And one of those things is, you know, some people think you should not date for fun. And I also think that's fooey. Fooey is my, my word for this podcast, you guys. <laughs> things are fooey. Okay, so I think it is completely fine to date for fun as long as you communicate that that is what you are doing. Maybe you are not completely over the divorce. And that's okay. And I think it's completely okay to communicate that you want to date. And it's okay if you're not over it and you're dating. And it's okay that you can communicate that you're dating for fun. I think if you're completely honest. And then when you're ready, you can communicate that. When you're ready for a relationship, you say, yeah, I'm ready to get into something. So the key here. I really think it's communication and time frames. There's no time frames. I just don't think there's time frames for anybody at all. Okay, number nine. You, okay. Hey guys, this doesn't deal with dating. Holy cow. Okay, number nine. You shouldn't feel bad because it wasn't your fault. You should feel relieved. Okay, I admit something. I got that one. Someone said that to me and, and I still hear it. And this just couldn't be farther from the truth. First of all, no matter who was more to blame or if something big occurred, you know, maybe maybe your ex was unfaithful or, you know, maybe they went to jail or maybe they, you know, whatever. You know, kind of a situation where people could say, oh, that big, big thing happened that, you know, subsequently cause the divorce, whatever, I still believe that you need to take complete responsibility. No matter if it's not your fault at all, there's still some responsibility to be taken. However, I think you can feel just as bad if it wasn't your fault. 
or just as bad if it was your fault. You believe in marriage. You wanted it to work. You believed it was forever. You didn't enter the marriage for it to be temporary. You entered it for it to be eternity. And so there's not that relief. Hopefully relief can come to you. And I, I can also attest to that, that it can come. But initially, you know, we know those stages of grief and those are real in a divorce. So you don't have to beat yourself up. All right, for feeling bad. It's okay and natural. And I think that being angry and depressed and those guilty or those type of phases that we go through are natural and normal. And you, sh you should go through them and it's okay. And But relief will come. You don't have to speed up the process again. There's no time frame. But also, we don't have to sit in our despair. All right, that's what I do. That's what I'm here for to to help coach people out of that. And, but I truly don't feel like there's a time frame here. But I just want to tell you it's okay. And that you, you don't have to listen to people who tell you how you should feel or shouldn't feel. There's lots of feelings to experience right now. Lots and lots of feelings. And as we move through them and experience them and bring them toward us and not away from us, I think that's the best way that we can work through them. And, and you can even do that as a, at a faster pace, I've seen, instead of pushing them away. I think that that causes it to, to be drawn out, actually. All right, number 10. Oh, goodness, I love this one. The false notion that there's no one out there, even for you to date. Maybe you feel like you're too old. Maybe you feel like the dating scene is just crap. You know, there's this cultural belief in the LDS community that if you are a mid-single, that there is nobody out there for you. If you are single still and you're in the mid-singles, whatever age group that can be, you know, you can say it's 35 to 60, that there's just nobody there and it's just terrible and the activities are bad and there's no one. Well, I'm here to tell you that is just not true. I don't care what age you're at. There is someone just like you, all right? Or there isn't. You know, it's, again, it's the mind frame. It's what we believe. It's just the way, you know, it's like Nephi in the wilderness. He believed in the visions of his father because he prayed about it. He found out for himself. And so he was going to take that trial. And we see the difference. He took that trial by, you know, going at it head on, saying he could keep the commandments that he'll go and do. So he just went about doing. He just went about it. And then we see, of course, what Laman and Lemuel did. It's a, it's a beautiful story all about the differences of how people take their trials. One faces head on with faith. The other one murmurs, cowers, gets angry, and brings down others in its wake. So it's truly, if we want to have that focus, we can be like Nephi in a sense. We can, and we can believe there is somebody out there for us if that is your path. If that's even your, you know, your wish to get married again. It depends on, you know, where you're at there. Or we can have the frame of mind of being a lame man, just like Laman, who murmurs, says, this is too hard. 
it's too hard a thing thou commandest. I don't know the exact wording. But just know, you guys, that there, excuse me, there are people out there just like you. They're exceptional people. Faithful people. People that want to be married. People that are committed. There are good men and there are good women. Just like there's bad and just like there's, you know, the bad kind too. But there are good people. Please believe in that. Believe that there's somebody like you out there. All right. Again, if that's your path. If that's your pathway and, and if that will be what's in your future for you. But right now, let's just believe in you. <laughs> let's just celebrate you. Celebrate everything that your future holds. All right, I think you, I hope that you found that entertaining, as, as entertaining as it has been for me over the years, um, not just going through my own divorce, but also being a divorce coach. I have the pleasure of working with people and hopefully um, helping them out of a little bit of a dismal time. So if you have any questions, shoot me an email, coachemilysanchez at gmail.com. If you have anything to add, any of your worst advice someone has given you, I would love to hear it. So I hope you guys are doing well. Please subscribe and share. I really want this message to be shared and heard. Again, you guys know my heart, where I'm coming from. Hopefully we can help people out there. So make it what you want. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. Come on over and visit me at CoachEmilySanchez.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, make it a great day.